sauce. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and we're ready to talk about some AFL. It's not long left until the 2021 AFL season, Sauce. 27 days, 19 hours, 51 minutes and 10 seconds as counting, Pez. I cannot contain my excitement. I can't wait to be back at footy, not only for footy to be started, be back into watching football live at the G, at the Hello Ground, at Marble Stadium, round four is when we're allowed to go back into stadiums, Pez. Round four at the moment, but we don't know what will happen. Uh, being here in Melbourne, we just came out of a, a snap five-day lockdown, uh, which has been happening in uh, different cities around Australia, but uh, it happened here while the Australian Open was on because of the Australian Open <laughs> hotel quarantine. That's a different story, but we've been watching tennis without crowds, which has been uh, pretty horrific. AFL without crowds is much better. Uh, but crowds are back tonight uh, for the tennis and uh, not many are left in, in, in the tennis. So it's uh, getting down to the, the business end. It's getting down to the business end. Uh, we're watching um, one of the blokes at the moment who's taken on Djokovic. Uh, pretty interesting sort of stat. Made one uh, by showing up tonight for the final. He made more than he's made in an 11-year career. It's not something that you'd be you'd be sort of be bragging about 11-year career if you make more in one game than you have across 11 years. But he's making a lot of money though. Making a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, just like uh, our uh, cheeky punt pod, both Pez. <laughs> yeah, the cheeky punt. We get it. Get on board. Get on board with that. Um, Djokovic looks like he's going to win three sets, but we're not here to talk about the tennis. We're here to talk about the footy, and we've got some uh, fan, fans' questions uh, throughout the. The time that we've been off, I don't know how long it's been. We were meant to do a podcast uh, on Saturday, but yep, then we uh, the snap lockdown was there and we, we couldn't do it. And uh, we didn't want to do it remotely. We wanted to get back in the in the business of it. But you know what? We might have to do it remotely if that happens again. Yeah, we might have to be a bit more prepared for the remote aspect of things, Piers. We thought it was over. We didn't want to go back. As good as it is getting into the studio, <laughs> the uh, the renovated studio at the moment, which is uh, Pez's home. Nothing beats a live podcast with you here, Pez. A couple of frothies discussing football. I've been looking forward to this all week. Well, actually, since yesterday, since the announcement came, <laughs> we could actually do it. I messaged you yesterday about maybe che- doing a cheeky uh, break the law, but you know, you said no. You, nah, you can't big, do that. You can't do Behind that. Behind the boundary is not for Because you were definitely home last night. Isn't that right, Pez? I was home. It's not not um, not on for that stuff. So, no, uh, not at all. So don't do that. Don't break the law if you if you can help it. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about no, that. No, but because you're a lying piece of. Um, we've got we've got a few great questions uh, tonight from some fans and uh, some questions that we have answered. Last pod we spoke about uh, five different sides. We're going to be speaking about a few different sides and a few different uh, other issues. Yeah, none of the issues. There's more about stories and potential uh, crystal ball. No, looking into our crystal. There's going to be issues. There's going to be, oh, be issues. I can tell you, there's going to be issues. Well, you're going to you're going to pot shot north again, are you? Oh, you picked it. <laughs> what was that pain? That's, that's good. Well, the odds of that pairs dollar <laughs> two. <laughs> Probably even that's a bit high for you pot north. But we have got some great questions. Some from our fans. If our fans pairs didn't get their questions in in the three weeks, you know, it's a little bit slack. Uh, I'm not going to put it on them because we were meant to do a podcast <laughs> the week after. But how can they get in contact with us, pairs? to drop us some great AFL questions. Maybe we haven't talked about your side. Maybe there's an issue that comes up or a new story that comes up in the week. How can they get a hold well, of us? Well, they've got to slip into our DMs uh, on Instagram, <laughs> at Behind Johnny the Patton Bound. Johnny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter, at Behind the Bound, and uh, Facebook, at Behind the Boundary. So uh, get on board, get your questions in, and uh, we'll answer them. We will. All right. We'll start off with this one, Pez. We'll start off with a great question. One of the the teams that did very well off the uh, in the off season. They uh, did extremely well last year. Met, met uh, I guess, over expectations. A lot of people predicted them to sort of slip out of the eight. Every year they slip. Uh, sorry, they predict this team to slip out, but. Every year, Old Faithful comes around, and we're talking about my Geelong Cats, and the big question that a lot of people are asking is, um, they're comparing it a lot to you know buying a premiership, but the big question around it is, what does a forward line of back-to-back common medalists mean for the Cats? Is it premiership or bust? Oh, it's definitely premiership or bust. They've gone all in here, um, but they're able to with the amount of land and, and pubs they give away. <laughs> We've already spoken about that on the pod. The Cats uh, beat the salary cap and uh, will be exposed in years to come, I'm sure of it. Nah, but no uh, <laughs> no what, what this means is uh, Dangerfield's actually been saving the Cats for a few years uh, going up forward when Tomahawk is 
is not in the in business or they're they're defending him really well. Dangerfield goes up in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, kicks a few goals, gets them back in the game, uh, wins them a couple of games during the year, which gives them that top four type finish. So I think it means Dangerfield has to play more up the ground and not play that forward role as much because you're going to have Tom Hawk and Jeremy Cameron there. Uh, Jeremy Cameron's an absolute star. You've got to rate him. Tom Hawk, strongest forward in, in the league, played a really good season last year and led the league in goal assists as well. So if he's goal assisting to Jeremy Cameron, who likes a little over the top goal, uh, I, I think it could work. I, I think it could be could be really good. Um, it's not just about the forward line. That midfield does need to perform. And Mitch Duncan, uh, Sam Menegola, Cam Guthrie, they need to continue their rise and continue to perform. If they do, uh, Geelong, top four, ready to go for another another stint at it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer to this one is, Pez, that, you know, the, the every single person that you'll talk about, you know, when they're talking about Geelong's forward line, well, you know, the, the, the conversation in the in the pregame room is, you know, who does your number one defender go to? It has to sort of go to Tomahawk, and then your second one goes to, to Cameron, and then you've got to fill the rest of that forward line. Um, but, but obviously the adjustments will come throughout the game, and, and that's where it's so damaging. It's We haven't seen a forward line like this for, for a while, not probably since the Buddy Franklin, Jared Ruffhead days, and even then he was still a second-rate uh, forward in Jared Ruffhead. We haven't really seen that sort of firepower there, and I think it's going to really mean that teams are really going to struggle menacing a sort of defence around it because it's going to be... Chopping and changing between, well, when do we stop the influx? You know, Jeremy Cameron has the potential, and same with Tomahawk, to kick two or three quick goals. Do the adjustments come then and you overexpose, or do you stick to your game plan? I think that's the main thing that's going to really um, expose some teams. I think it's a, obviously, I mean, you've got two of the last common medalists in there. As you said, Tomahawk, number one in goal assists for the last couple of years, he's been up the top there. A lot of goals are going to be there, but it does around the midfield. But I think the bigger question is how teams are going to plan for it. Yeah, well, uh, I think Tom Cleary, when he gets the uh, the thing, remember that game against Port Adelaide where Tom Hawke absolutely gave him a bath but missed every single goal. They're going to say, all right, Tom, you're not, not on Tom Hawke this time. You can go to Jeremy Cameron. And then he has to run up the ground and things. Speaking of that, I think Jeremy Cameron will uh, fit in really well in terms of at GWS when he was up forward and they weren't winning the ball out of the middle and they weren't getting the ball inside 50, they were really struggling because he wasn't getting his hands on the ball. Yeah. And then it changed where the coach said, you know what? Cameron, you've got to go up the field. You've got to get the footy. So he went up, took some really good marks on the wing, uh, got the ball up at half half forward and wasn't in goal-kicking range and was able to set some people up. But he needed to be there and he also needed to be in the forward line. Now, he can be there on the wing for Geelong and he can be kicking into Tomahawk. Yeah. And then you've got the the small forwards there as well to, to crumb it. So I think that it's a really good fit. Um, not sure how... It happened, and how many pubs Jeremy got in the deal with his with his uh, money? But that's not as is besides the point because he's there and he's ready to go. And if they win the premiership, it'll be taken off him in in years to come, like Melbourne Storm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you, you mentioned. Is that you know a lot of people said that Jeremy Cameron likes to play up the ground. I don't think that he likes to play up the ground. I think if you compare getting a couple of touches, you know, anchoring your offense or kicking a couple of snags, he take kicking a couple of snags every day of the week. The, the issue was we said this last year, especially with GWS when they were coming out of that forward line, coming out of that back line. They weren't looking for each other. They weren't looking for the best options. They were just sort of moving the ball forward and making Jeremy Cameron work really hard to get around the ball, not like the previous year when he was in his common best and they were giving it to him you know, right in front of him, out front, and he can kick those goals. This sort of you know, forward line structure that they're going to be running, they're going to be playing 50-50 basically. One playing out back, one's playing up the ground, and they have the, you know, they'll have the legs to not always one of them, you know, Tomahawk not always running up or Jeremy Cameron always running up. They'll be able to 50-50, and one of those tall forwards who both have the midfield capacity to run in there will be able to anchor their offence. And it's, it does mean though... It's premiership or bust for, for Geelong. That, it is. The, the only pass mark is a premiership. But they've been going for that for a few years with the recruit. Oh, but this, this has um, to be the best best list they've had, though. Dangerfield, and then they keep keep topping up with these older older type players. Uh, you add Sean Higgins into there um, in that midfield as well. We great use of the footy. Great use um, of the footy, yeah. It, it's going to be very scary. But speaking of Jeremy Cameron at GWS, geez, it was a struggle to watch when GWS were getting the ball inside 50 between 30 and 36 times a game. And they were still... In that in games, losing by three goals, but having twenty less entries than their opposition. So GWS really went downhill. Disappointing. Lost Jeremy Cameron. We don't know what that means for them, but for Geelong, it's a big plus and uh, on their way to uh, a grand final, possibly. Yeah, hopefully a grand final, and uh, if not, hopefully Chris Scott gets the sack. <laughs> 
might might have something to do with the question coming up. Uh, the, the second question for tonight uh, from the fans must be from Queensland. These ones uh, <laughs> the, from the Suns is. This the year Gold Coast finally make a finals berth. Now, we remember that year when Gary Ablett was in Brownlow form, hurt his shoulder, was out for the rest of that season, and uh, they were on track to make the finals. He was carrying them and, and got injured, and that didn't happen. Now, you've got Matt Rao coming back off a shoulder injury. He's been sitting on the sidelines, taking notes in his notebook, ready to go. Stuart Jew's been up and about. They've got a pretty good young list out there. They've got that... Um, some great defenders. Uh, they've got players that can kick kick goals as well. So are they going to be able to win enough games to make the finals though? Are they better than 10 other teams? Yeah, and, that, and that's probably the main question because their list is probably the most rounded list that they've had in, in, since their you know, in inception into the league. They've got a really, really good core of young players like you know Ben King, Isaac Ranking, who was, who was unreal in patches last year. Matt Rao, hopefully he can get through a, pro- a proper season. You've got Noah Anderson, Sam Day, David Swallow. You know, he's one of those older sort of players, but still quite young compared to the rest of you the league. You've got to have them. You've you got to have those sort of players. Um, I think that they did well in the off-season. They sort of picked up... Um, Oleg Markov from from um, Richmond from Richmond, who was you know when he was playing, he was getting a consistent game. He'll be a great addition in there. That's the question though that you asked though, Pez. Are they better than ten other teams? I've gone through and just done a little bit of a you know yes teams or no. yes or no whether they win or lo- whether they win or lose those games. I get them roughly about nine wins, and I was probably being a little bit harsh on them as well, a little bit generous against them. But nine wins is not enough. They've got not enough. The teams that are above them, I think, that are guaranteed, you've got Brisbane, Richmond, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, um, Geelong, Western Bulldogs, right? There's seven teams guaranteed, right? That also leaves the questions with GWS, West Coast, Melbourne, and Gold Coast in that mix as well. West Coast have to make the final. They're better than Gold Coast. But, but that's the thing is, they're, but they're the teams in that mix, because there's other teams there are guaranteed. And we saw West Coast last year had a down year. They're not going to get as many games this year in Perth. We know we're not talking about West Coast, but... Realistically, we are talking about those teams that are on the cusp, and I just don't think that they're better than you, some of those. Did you other say teams. the Bulldogs are guaranteed? I think that with the, they're with gonna, their midfield, well, they're going to be playing. Yeah, their midfield. You'd have to expect that they're a top six team pairs. Uh, interesting. Interesting when we get into our preview of the season episode coming up. I mean, we, we said this last year. We say this every year about the Bulldogs that they should be better than they are, but they, they've gone again. But worst case scenario, they're still better than Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, well, that's what you got to look at. Um, it depends who Gold Coast get at home on their fixtures because it's a rolling fixture again in uh, 2021. So who do they play at home and who do they play away? If they play the worst teams at home and are able to bank those wins easily, it's better for them. Obviously, they finished a lot lower last year, so they get an easier draw and things like that. But uh, I just don't see them making the finals at this stage. Yeah, it's a real shame because I think that they have the – I think last year was their their best year to make the finals because they had a, they had a very favourable fixture. They were able to play a lot of games in the hub. Their list was pretty good. If Matty Rao could have played for the whole season, it would have been interesting to see. And I think last year was probably their best year to make it because there were a lot of teams that, that were really on the cusp. And, and when a young team playing in their home state for majority, playing teams out of their comfort zone, that would have been the year for them. Look, I, I, I don't think it's it's fair to, to judge them in 2021 off a finals berth either because I think improvement has happened since Stuart Jew got there. I think that their players are going to mature. They're going to uh, get used to playing the game of AFL footy and they, that, their pass mark isn't making the finals. Their pass mark is competing in every single game and trying to take it up to those of Richmond and Geelong and, and staying in the game and not... Losing by 10 goals. So, I mean, but like, I feel like they, they surpassed that last year. I feel like you've got to put the only way to measure teams in AFL is by wins, and you've got to put a win mark on it. So, like, what's a win pass mark? Like, if there's 23 games, we only play 22 games. Sorry, there's 23 rounds. 22 games, what's a pass mark? Nine, as you said. You reckon nine's the pass mark? So, just under half. What did they win last year? I don't know. Not nine. <laughs> <laughs> Less than nine. I think it was seven. Matty Rao comes in, they, they could be exciting. Could he be a player just to carry a team? It's not like the NBA when you've got one player and it can change the whole thing. There's 22 players there, 18 on the field. So I don't think that player has that bigger difference, not like a Dustin Martin type who, who has a lot of difference in the, in the finals. But I, I just don't see them competing against those those top sides. And I think they need to not get blown out in games and win the games that they're meant to. An example uh, against Essendon last last year, they were playing up on the 
Oh, I don't know where they were playing, actually. They might have Brisbane. been playing at the Gold Coast in Brisbane. And they were leading at half-time by, yeah. what, 40 five, points. five goals, 40 points. And then Essendon came back and they let that happen. So those things cannot happen for this team and they need to continue to grow. And then 2022 is the year you say, hey, Stuart Jew, we're making finals this year, mate. You, it's on you. Yeah, so, so me for their pass, Mark, they finished 14th last year, five wins, 11 losses and a draw. They would have to beat the, the the five teams below them. So Adelaide, they have to beat Adelaide. They have to beat North Melbourne. Sydney was improving, but I'd say they have to beat them. If they play them at home and they play them twice, they at least split that series. It's, it's hard with Buddy. Yep. Hawthorne. Now Hawthorne had a down year. You'd say that they're declining because of that list. I'd say that they still have to beat them. The teams that finished above them that they need to be competing against. Essendon, I think that they, they, should, have, to beat they have to beat Essendon. Fremantle, if they play them, uh, again, the split series, they have to split that series. One in Fremantle, one in Gold Coast. Then you get into those teams that are really pushing for the for the eights. You know, Carlton, GWS, Melbourne, Collingwood, Bulldogs, St Kilda. You've probably put Collingwood in that mix of declining as well. So if they play them at the Gold Coast, which they probably won't, that's a, that's got to be one of those wins. So for me, that's one, well, two, three, four, five, six. That's about nine wins. So that's what they've got to get. They got five last year. They're going to have to improve by at least three wins. They only got five. Yeah, we'll take it down to eight. If, yeah, if they get a draw a, last year as well, it's, so. a, it's a pass mark for me. But some of those games where they were in and they just capitulated, it, it, it wasn't good for them. So well, um, they did it against Geelong when when Matty Rail actually did his shoulder. They were up third quite, quarter. Quite a lot, weren't they? they were up by third quarter. I think it was about twenty four points, and then he did Geelong his shoulder. Came back and yeah, that was Selwood and uh, Gary Ablett's milestone game. But I, I really like watching the Gold Coast Suns. They, they are my my second team, and uh, <laughs> they, I just want them to. to to taste success a bit like I, I feel like they've gone they finally started to to capture a roster and they've gone about things the right way and they're worrying about the football side of things rather than the marketing side of things it'd be good to see them have some reward well quick question without notice say did they did they do it wrong when they first came out 100 yeah they got well, the older i mean did they do what wrong did they build a franchise wrong in terms of winning yes did they build a franchise wrong in terms of members and getting people there? We know that Gold Coast is the graveyard of football. They we, tried to market or it. graveyard of any sport. So they had, to, they had to market it by trying to get big names. But they had to. Yeah, they could have got bigger names though. That, like what GWS they got the biggest. They got the biggest name in football. A two-time Brownlow medalist. Always oh, a one-time Brownlow medalist. Then he won his second Brownlow with them. Uh, yeah, and Gary Ablett, that decision had to be made. It had to be made. But the others around Yeah, him, the others around like the Ariscatelli, uh, uh, Jared Brennan, those types. Yeah, the the, you, ru- the rugby player. You've got to try and you've got to try and get some other young talent in there um, to help them out. But um, yeah, that's the Gold Coast Suns. We know that Source loves the Suns. I'm not a big uh, big fan of them, but I will enjoy watching Rao play and those young up and coming players. Uh, interesting to see where they finish in 2021. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're one of the hard teams to pick. You, you would assume that they finish better than they did, but. You just don't know with the Gold Coast Suns. They, they, they fall away. Remember, they won the first two games last year and they went on like an 11-game losing streak. I think they do that every year. Every year. Where they win three out of the first four or something like that. And then like, like oh, that. yeah, Gold Coast. Remember, remember we were doing a, a, a football tipping comp and there's this, this bloke and he picked Gold Coast the first three weeks and we thought, this bloke's unreal. He had like three nines in the first week. So like, yeah. how are we going to beat him? Well, he finished dead last because he picked Gold Coast every week. I think we beat him by about 30-something <laughs> tips in the end. And he was winning by 10 after he, he four had rounds. Three, three perfect rounds at the start. It was like that, that year where Gold Coast beat, you know, someone And he just, ca- he just came to the workplace we were working yeah, at then. We're and like, we're who's like, this guy? Jeez, we thought we knew footy. <laughs> this guy knows footy and he turned out he doesn't know anything yeah, about footy. doesn't know anything. Typical Essendon supporter. <laughs> yeah. All right. A uh, couple of my favourite questions coming up here. I'm going to switch them around, Source. I'm going to go with this one from the fans. What... Players from from not from the fans <laughs> from the number one fan the number one fan constantly sends me Twitter messages about hey when's the next pod coming out what's your thoughts on this he's an absolute gun of a bloke we're talking about at Finstar at Finstar That's like nine A's <laughs> <laughs> a few mentions Finstar's got and how he got these questions on the pod is he at behind the bound and he he asks us these questions so he asks us these questions we give our opinion and we answer we'd love to hear. Uh, Finster's opinion as well and any other listeners that are there if you agree or disagree with us and what what your ones are so this question what players do you think will make all australian for the first time so haven't been all australian before haven't earned one of those jackets one of those nice pristine jackets like max gorn shouldn't have got uh <laughs> got which two one do you think for the first time? <laughs> um 
I don't know how you want to do this, Piers. I've got three players on my list. Uh, two of them, I think, uh, one of them I think is a guaranteed. I think that he's he's going to take that next step. And there are two players that I could see making a push because of what their teams are going to do and for the electric sort of, you know, um, ability that they have. And I've got another bloke who I'm sort of cheating a little bit of what I've included him. My first one is Sam Walsh. I think Sam Walsh, um, he's been, you know, he's a 20-year-old. He uh, broke the record for disposals as a rookie. He backed it up, you know, the next year winning Carlton's best and fairest. Carlton are going to get a lot more wins. He's going to get a lot more midfield time, which we saw towards the end of the season. I think he's going to be one of those star players for Carlton. They're going to get enough wins that he's going to be in that conversation. We know that Carlton, even when they're losing and they're horrible, they still get Brownlow votes. They still get noticed by the media. I think Sam Walsh is a shoo-in for an All-Australian spot. Sam Walsh, that's a big call. I don't don't have Sam Walsh on my list or a or a Carlton player. My uh, one, I, I don't know who's on the top of my list, but this one, the West Coast captain, Luke Shuey, if he if he plays and he's fit, I, I think he can make a side. That's it. <laughs> just just I just I would just wanted to see your reaction. I don't agree because I I don't I've got a bit of I, a hot take about West Coast. I think uh, West Coast are, are up there. Nat Nui stays fit, things like that. They've got a good. Uh, firing forward line Luke Shuey in that midfield He gets a lot of disposals He can go forward He can kick goals And if he can kick a goal a game And, and get those 25 touches And stay fit I think that he can get an All-Australian berth The problem is that I have with him Is just a and, and he's not He's a great footballer Great footballer And avid football fans Notice him he just doesn't do the things that you notice And being in Perth And I don't think they, I think that for him to make the side or any West Coast player to make the side, they, they need to finish top four because you're going to have, you know, if you said Nick Natanui in flying form, so he gets your ruck spot, you probably have one of those two forwards making the All-Australian for their goal kicking. Liam Ryan, maybe he made it last year. There's three. To get a fourth player or fifth player in there, they need to be finishing top top three. And I just don't think that they're going to do it with that list. With that list, that's the, that's the thing. I think... Um Luke Shuey, as the West Coast captain, and how he actually plays the game and, and can get noticed. He's, he's earned stripes over the last few years. Uh, injuries have kind of shut him down a little bit, but if he stays on the park for a full season, West Coast finish in the top eight, I, I think he's a look-in. I think he's definitely in the 40, and I think he's got a chance to get in that top 22 because Elliot Yo is not going to start the season, and he really needs to step up if his side wants to, wants to make anything of this. It's really interesting because I think when I look at an All-Australian, I'm looking at the people, like, you know, if I was planning for West Coast, I wouldn't plan for Shuey. You know, I'd plan for some of the other guys in there to, to, to beat them. And I think that's where, you know, you, you're not wrong. He does, you're right, he averages those 25, I suppose. He can sneak up, kick a snag, he, you know, if they can get enough wins on the board. Who's he similar to at Geelong? Probably, probably Guthrie. Oh, probably not, probably, probably Mitchie Duncan. Probably Mitchie Duncan sneaks up, kicks a goal, averages 22. See, Mitch Duncan's a little bit different to Shuey. I, th- I think Shuey's a bit of a inside, in, more of an inside midfielder, not, a, not an outside runner. Mm. Uh, and I think Mitch Duncan, who's next on my list to make the All-Australian side for who, the first who, time. Who do you think he's compared to at Geelong? <sighs> I think, I think not, not so much in his early days, but now, inside. Joel Selwood. Yeah, see, but Joel Selwood doesn't go down and kick those goals. I was, I was averaging from the disposals and the notice, the notice point. You know, Mitch Duncan gets those disposals, does those, those you know, those one percenters, which Luke Shuey does. He's a leader of the team, goes, leaks down forward, kicks a couple of snags. You know, and he's probably about the same boat as what you're going to say here. He, he just, he's in a, a team that's full of superstars that are going to get the nod before him. Mitch Duncan? Mitch Duncan, yeah, I think so. I think there's other players, like, you know, if we're going to go straight to Mitch Duncan, because he's on my list as well. He's on my list. I, th- I think if he has a season that's as, as stellar as it was last year, he, he deserves it. And I, I think it's kind of like it's kind of like with Brownlow voting mm-hmm. and, and players don't get the votes because they haven't been noticed by the umpires and then the media hypes them up and then the umpires kind of go, oh, that guy. We better we better give him a vote. Oh yeah, yeah, he played really well. It's that that second season thing. You know, remember those that that five years where the Brownlow keep getting win, won by the person who should have won yeah, the year yeah. before. But I think, uh, and I know that you know they talk about this a lot in the NBA in terms of All Star selection. Is teams at the top? You expect them to get more players. Now, if Geelong are going to be at the top, which everyone predicts, you're going to have on on oh. reputation alone. Dangerfield, Cameron probably makes it. Hawkins. And then you've probably got another two spots. Now, Menegola, who I've got on my list, 
probably should have made it last year. If he does the same sort of thing, he has to get noticed. So there's your four. Then you're going to have... A defender, like a Stewart or a... Well, the last couple of years, Blitzars has made it and Stewart's made it. Like, there's a lot of players ahead of him. That's my only problem with Mitch Duncan because... So you're looking at numbers, like numbers of te- well, players in the Mitch team. Well, because Mitch Duncan's done this for the last five years, had those numbers. They're consistent. He would need to have a breakout. He would need to this be... Is what, I think that was his breakout year last year. Last year. But in terms of goals. In terms of goals as well as possessions, he would need to bump that up to an average of 30 plus and a goal in order for him to make it above... Like last year, I don't know if Dangerfield probably should have made it last year in his role. And because he made it as a forward, definitely should have made it as a forward. But <laughs> Oh, well, that's a different discussion. But, you but, know about that. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that in, in Geelong would have to be unbeaten <laughs> up into the All-Australian to get six or seven All-Australian nominees. Well, that's what the selectors are going to look at, aren't they? They're going to look at, yeah, no, nah, we can't give them that because then yeah. Geelong have six and, and the... The numbers don't look good because I think that's what they do with the lesser teams. Some of them get zero and some of them That's why Sam Walsh is a lock. Oh, we've got to go with – we've got to give them one. Who's their best player? Oh, yep, this guy. He's going in. So um, I agree with you on that, but I'm just thinking of of pure pure talent and goal goal kickers to get noticed and – Luke Shuey, Mitch Duncan on my list. You know, Mitchie D is one of my favourite players. Him and Guthrie in that that midfield, that in and out sort of back and forth. I love watching them play. Would love to see him get a jersey, but – I think it's going to be tough in that sort of lineup. If if you know if everyone else performs, if no one else performs and we bomb out, then yeah, maybe you've <laughs> given away your third, haven't you, with uh, Menengola? Yeah, well, I think Sam Menengola is. Well, I've got him, and then I've got the. He was my. He was the one that I didn't want to include because uh, we made the list of forty last year, and he probably was the, probably the biggest snub, and he should have made it. The issue with Sam Menengola is he's a, he's a d- dedicated wing, and dedicated wings don't get in. We we know that. Um, but, you know, he averaged he, – he did exactly what Mitch Duncan did last year, but he did it in a position that wasn't dominated by superstars. You know, he, he averaged a 20 – well, he was almost got up to, I think, about 28 disposals per game. There was a, kick, a month where he averaged 32, oh, 33. Kick snags, and he broke games open. Even in that grand final, we saw him, you know, take a really contested mark, you know, put his body on the line and had a great opportunity to, to, to you know, get Geelong back in the game. He stands up in big moments. He's a big moment player, and he's finally starting to get a bit of poise about him as well. The last couple of years, he sort of blazes away when he got the footy. Had a lot more control last year. The offense was a lot more structured. They were actually coached well. So I think that he definitely was a shoo-in for, you know, if he does the same sort of thing, another 40 selection. And maybe with the pressure that they received last year about putting people in positions, maybe it's the year we actually get people in positions. Well, there you go. Is that your list done? Yeah. I've got one more that I don't, I'm don't. i not going to talk about but because uh, it was a real bit of a stretch, but yeah, it's yours. <laughs> oh, I've got a couple of stretches in here. Um, we just watched the Amazon... Uh, documentary that's going to come out of the AFL. We didn't watch it. We watched the preview, watched the preview of it. so good. And it looks except, for the, except for the season finale, which will probably be the grand <laughs> final, so I might skip that one. Look, looks amazing. but um, And I like how different sports are doing this as well because oh, it gives it. you a real insight. Um, I love the the test on, on Amazon, and now we've got an AFL one, which is oh, absolutely test, amazing. Test was good. The test was really it was good. really good. Uh, so I'm going to go with a player that got dropped last year and captain of the side, Stephen Canilio. He really needs to stand up because GWS, no Cameron, he doesn't make the All-Australian side anymore, does he? No. Nah. So who, who have they got? And they're, they're probably going to have to have one off your rule. You go to the, the lower sides of the comp. It depends how many games they win, but yeah, you're yeah. probably looking... You're probably looking at at least one, maybe two. And Stephen Canilio, he's a midfielder. He can go down and kick goals. And he's really got to... Got to pull something out this year because getting dropped, that's got to put some fire in the belly and that's the reason I've gone for him to, to possibly get in in 2021. He's, he's a good shot. I mean, like when he came back from injury, he was averaging 20 or so disposals. Yeah, He just doesn't – I really like watching him play, but he just doesn't break that game open. He's not like your Lockie Whitfield. He's a bit frustrating and he, sometimes. He's very frustrating. He yeah. doesn't seem to use the first option either. He seems to hold on to the footy a little too long and try and do that extra bit because, he, you know, he is that sort of talented footballer. But I think when when it's going their way, Jedeburst, yeah, he, he's rolling. He's a front runner. He's, he's really going good. And because he got dropped, I think that's what's going to make him go, you know what, I need to work really hard. And when it's not going our way, as the captain of the club, I've got to be the one to get in there and, and do something about it. So if he can do that against when, the, when things aren't going their way, I think we get noticed more and I think that can yeah. be... That can be a good shot. And I think that's a really good pick is picking any of those sort of uh, Giants midfielders to, to make it for the first time because this is their year. that they This, this is the, the window 
is almost fully shut. There is a gentle breeze making oh. through. It's not even it's not even blowing the curtains open. It is a, that is how big their gap is. Um, a massive fall from grace, but they really putting to, the jail bars on that window. They need to do some big things to the Giants, and I think that if you know if they are going to compete for a flag and and you know open that window a little more, Cornelia has to be a big part of it. And if he's a big part of it, then all Australian selection that's a good one. I've got three more. Let's go for <laughs> let's go for your let's go for your risk your, your most out there one. Most out there. My main man, Maxi King, Coleman medalist, all Australian. That's a lock. That's a dumb choice. <laughs> what if he averages four goals a game? Who's he competing against, Pez? The Tomahawk? Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Buddy Franklin, who's going to kick his thousands goal this year. Well, that's if he, <laughs> if he can stay on the park. Max King stays on the park, averages two a game. Say he averages two a game over 20. Yeah. So he kicks 40, but then he's not going to – he's going to kick more than, more than that, yeah? He's going to go – at least 50 goals. He's probably If he wins a Coleman, aren't you guaranteed the full forward spot? No. <laughs> ben Brown didn't. Ben Brown didn't yeah, but it. Ben Brown's shit. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, there's the North Melbourne. So uh, we'll look at uh, <laughs> 9.44 is when uh, North Melbourne, we, our viewership goes down by about seven. So we lose their whole spot, their whole supporter base. Maxi oh. King, mate. Big contested marks. Big goals. You know what? He'll average three. He'll kick 60. He'll win the Coleman. And he's in there at the full forward spot. He's got a lot of people to beat. You've got Kennedy to beat. You've got Darling to Kennedy's beat. Com- but they're competing against each other. Buddy, Kennedy and Darling. Buddy Franklin, because he's going to kick his thousands goal. He's you, competing against my other you've guy. You've got, got, got his brother. Australia. You've got his brothers, his brothers in there as well. <laughs> you've got... His brother's no good. You've got Tommy Lynch. <laughs> Tommy Lynch is competing with Rewalt. Who's Max King competing with for golf? You got our man from Port Adelaide, mate. Big, uh, big, the big, big Charlie, the big, big D. Big Charlie. I picked him about seven years to <laughs> win the Coleman. He still hasn't done anything. You've got Ben Brown at uh, at Melbourne, a previous Coleman medalist. Oh, I just don't see that happening, mate. But I uh, like your. Well, I keep like, keep a I like, note. I like your optimism. Keep a note. The King is here, twenty twenty one. All right, I'll go through my other two. I've got a forward and a defender because we haven't spoken about many defenders. Give us your defender, Jeremy Howe. Oh, don't like that. Coming back? Nah, he broke his leg in the third week. Coming back off the ACL. <laughs> he intercept marker when they've moved him back down. They're not going to win there. enough games, Collingwood. They need to have one. No, they don't. Not when, not when the ball's always down in the defence. It's not that impressive if every time the ball's coming down there and you're taking an intercept so mark. So I went with Max King three goals a game. Um, Jeremy Howe, if he averages 14 um, intercept marks a game. <laughs> <laughs> Because the ball's coming <laughs> down there every time. That's not that impressive. So, like, why hasn't a Gold Coast defender made it? Because <laughs> a Gold Coast defender doesn't take 14 set marks a game. If it's Jeremy Howe, he's going to step on 14 heads, give away seven free kicks for, for, for unrealistic attempts, and probably tear his hamstring in the fifth game. He's coming back off injury, ready to go, rearing. Uh, Darcy <laughs> Moore's there to support him, and uh, Jeremy Howe. Darcy Moore. <laughs> yeah, I don't no. know. Stuff that. All right. All right. Our last give, one. Give our, forward. our main man, uh, Isaac Heaney. Isaac Heaney? Yeah. He's back. He's back. He's back. Surely he's back. I hope he's not injured again. Oh, jeez. But if you, Buddy you, comes into that side, frees up Isaac Heaney more because Isaac Heaney's been taking some pretty big defenders, going up the ground a little bit. Papley has to get a bit more respect, which is all in that second half of the season. Here we go. It's his year. He's still in our intro. I, I love Isaac Heaney. He's great <laughs> to watch and he's the biggest. He's one of those blokes every time you're looking through like his sports bet app and you see his name, you're like, surely he kicks a yeah, goal. Yeah, he kicks surely a goal. Kicks a goal. He always kicks a goal. And then you watch him, you're like, you're a very frustrating player to watch. <laughs> That's only when you've got a pun on him. But um, yeah, Isaac Heaney, he, he'll pop up for a few. Yeah, but like their, their forward line. Up in the midfield. You know, he actually gets a really good run because if you get Franklin in there, you've got Will Hayward who showed some um, some really good form. You know, he's a tall forward. Tom Papley. And then you got Isaac Heaney. Oh, I don't mind that. Nick Blakey as well. He, he popped up at the half forward. Get him in. Get him in. I don't mind that. Sydney needed to win a lot of games. <laughs> then, no, no. Like, the rule of the crap teams have to have one. Oh, but surely they get someone else in there. Uh, but he's not going to play enough games. Josh Kennedy's too old. Yeah, their list isn't great, is it? <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of their midfield who might get... Uh, Parker, maybe? Is Parker still playing? Yeah, Parker. Jake Lloyd, he might get, he might get a couple. Jake, Jake Lloyd will probably get it because he he he'll, he'll kick it in 45 <laughs> times a game. Our man, Ollie Foran. <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right. Enough about Sydney there. Isaac Heaney, get around him. Um, I don't know if we'll remember about the All-Australians, but we should try and look back at that and we see, if that every of, <laughs> see if any of them make it. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Uh, Sam Walsh, mate, guaranteed lock. And now 
I, I said I put that question at the top because it wasn't the best question. Can you question. believe we've got a we've got a better question than that? This is a great question. I, I love this next question, and from Finstar as well. Back to back bombs. He's dropped it. The co- the, it's about the coaches' source. It's all about the coaches. And this is one of your pet hates about coaches. <laughs> you just oh. think coaches shouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better if there was no coaches. You know what? It probably would be. No, it wouldn't be. That Geelong's been doing that for three years. It's been no, no good. <laughs> not, not good for them, good for everyone else. <laughs> so this is the question. What coaches do you think are in the hot seat if their teams don't perform this year? And by hot seat, we mean you're getting the sack. Not only have I got two coaches that are gonna hot, in the hot seat, I can give you the rounds that they're going to get the sack. One of them's going to get the sack. Oh, here we go. Round five. Is it, is it Jeremy Howe pulling his hamstring in round five? So he pulls his hamstring and Nathan Buckley gets a sack. Same, same round. Nathan Buckley versus Leon Cameron is my two coaches in the hot seat. And whoever loses gets Whoever a loses gets a sack. Because Not in round five. They will be starting the season 0-5. Which both teams? Yep. Both sides. So Nathan Buckley... Nine years, had a, a decent sort of winning percentage at 55%. Their club is in turmoil. They are looking for scapegoats. We've seen that already. They, they're, they're opening opening five games are the Dogs. Win. They'll probably lose that. Carlton. Win. They'll lose that. Brisbane. Loss. They play GWS in GWS. Wait, what? I thought they played in Oh, sorry, they play West Coast. Yeah, it's a loss. And then GWS in round five. In GWS. And then GWS start 0-4 as well. Yep. Because they play the Saints. Hey, we're going to win. <laughs> and Max King kicks six. Yep. Fremantle in Fremantle. That, that's how poor. Uh, yeah, that uh, one. That one's a bit 50-50. Uh, Melbourne in Melbourne. And then... That's uh, a win. No. No. GWS are going to be struggling, mate. GWS are going to be flying. Nope. They're done. So it's between Leon Cameron and Nathan Buckley. My other one which you're not going to like at all, really left field, Adam Simpson. I, think, I, I did have a look at I him. I think Adam Simpson really is in the hot seat. I was sort of taking the piss the first time with Nathan Buck and Leon Cameron because I didn't like their, their I, opening sort of games. I think it's too soon. I think that last year's hub life really masked the bigger problem. I think there was a lot more issues going on in West Coast than, than you know meets the eye. I don't like their, their, their opening couple of rounds. They play the Suns, Dogs, Port, Saints, right? That's four potential losses. The Suns, the Suns, they beat them last year and then Gold Coast again. They've got to be winning games. They're going to get less games in West Coast, so they're not going to get those guaranteed 10 games where they're going to win. They're going to get less games in there. We know that because of the, the hub last year. Is that actually going to happen, though? Has to happen. Has to. Is that actually, though? Well, they to. have to get half half their games at home. Why they they got like ninety percent last year at, at, at West Coast? They played at the hub for the first six rounds. Oh, and did they not suck about it? And then they got the last seven rounds. But the thing is that they can't win away, and that that problem was magnified last year by the hub life. I just think that seven years. You're saying it's too soon. He's been there for seven years. Twenty eighteen grand final, mate. That premiership medal saves him. It's too soon from from a premiership to go. <sighs> I just don't think it is. I, I think, I think, and the Perth media are brutal. Ruthless. Yep. And if he has a slow start, and they start lo- if they start dropping games, look, in if they Perth, finish bottom four, I th- anyone's I, in trouble. Oh, yeah? Of course, but I, I think that he's in trouble early because I think the expectation for them, as you said, we just all expect them to be top four, and I think midway through the season they're going to be struggling for the eight. Well, if they don't make the eight, so you're saying if West Coast finish nine, oh, I, goes. I think that. I think they'll finish lower than ninth. I, I I don't have them in my top ten. Wow, well, that's a that's the biggest thing right now. No no West Coast in your top ten, but big call. That big was call. that was my big one. I was sort of looked at Nathan Buckley and Leon Cameron. They're the easy answers because Leon Cameron, they don't, you know, he doesn't perform. They're out. Nathan Buckley, well, they're looking for they're looking for outs of the way it is. Their list is going to be declining. You know, he hasn't been a great coach for them as it is. He has to go. I reckon halfway through. But Adam Simpson, I really looked at, and I think he's in a genuine hot a seat. Lot of, a lot of Western Australian listeners, possibly West Coast fans, wonder if they agree with you or not. Yeah, jump on Twitter and tell me. Tell me that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. and in, in round 10, when they're 0-10, <laughs> you're welcome. They won't be 0-10. They won't be 0-10. I can, guar- 10, I can yeah. guarantee that. Yes. Um, All right, what's, what's your list? How many you got? Right. you got seven? you got, what, 19, 19 <laughs> coaches there? No, I'm sacking the VFL. I've coach. taken it down. I've been told by uh, management up above I could only go to five. <laughs> I don't 
Dodge, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've said, no, nah, I, can't, I can't have three. I have to have The five. media manager, the, but the producer's giving you the shake of the head, mate. One of them is Buckley. So turned into Mr. Nice Guy last year. Previous years, he was, you know, hard. I want to win. I want to do this. I'm against the players. I'm not being their friends. Now he's Mr. Nice Guy. He's their friends. They're not winning or not getting to where they need to go. Uh, Eddie's gone now. So he's little... Uh, I don't know, daddy up the Protégé, top there and yep. bang, Eddie's gone. So if the pies don't perform, it's bye-bye bucks. Bye-bye bucks, yep. See you later. So I agree with you, Sauce, on that one. Good. The next one, just Adam, a, Adam a, Simpson. No, <laughs> a first-year coach. First-year coach. Mr. David Nor- Noble, North. Come on, mate. See you later. <laughs> no, no, he, he, that's, that's he, just a he, joke. He can't get the same. That's with joke can one. I, can I just say something here? The amount of people, like this is so ridiculous, but the amount of people that will ask for his head after their 0 and 8, 0 and 9, oh, it will stupid. be ridiculous. Either trust in the rebuild or don't trust in it. Look, you North, can't be asking for North need to rebuild and they've started on the right track, yeah. which is really, really good. If they lose every single game this year, not ideal. And, but And you remember, no one wanted to coach them. Like, they struggled <laughs> to get someone. So, But they got David Noble. He's come from a good system mm-hmm. and he'll be ready to go. So I just wanted to have a little dig there. So I didn't really have five. Yeah, good. My next three are serious though. And Luke Beveridge... From the Bulldogs. Nah, too soon from a flag. Oh, no. That flag will keep them forever. That's two years behind that. Too soon for a flag. 2016. I'm just using your logic, mate. I yeah, disagree. Mine was 2018, the flag. I wanted to sack Beveridge the year after he lost a fl- uh, won the oh, flag. Oh, you did. Got his premiership in 2016 and nothing since. With their star-studded midfield this year, you know, like if they don't make it, neither does he. He's He's got to go. Like Everyone loves him at the Bulldogs. He bring the premiership after so many years. They didn't do anything. Uh, had a good month of football. Yeah, he's... Oh, Chummy with the players and things like that, but he's he doesn't. I don't rate him in the press conferences. I don't rate uh, his knowledge and what he speaks about. Look, look at how good that list is, and every year people are predict, predicting them top four. Well, how they predicted them to win the premiership last year. How many people had them in the top four last year, and they struggled to they make lost the, the eight. first final? They, but they struck. They had to win on the last week to make the eight. It's it's ridiculous. I don't think but there's no pre- there's never any pressure on it. I don't understand that. There's As I said, that that premiership. Probably put their club back fifteen years. Yeah, and that's fine. I will. I will take yeah, that as, a, as that. As, as, a, as a club coming from a club that wins premierships quite often, not good enough. Not good enough. You wouldn't take a premiership to not no. win one for the next fifteen. I mean, when you've had some, you know, you've had some success, maybe not. Yeah, see what see what happens. But yeah, Beveridge, I think uh, can be in real trouble. They're meant to with with the get of Trelaw in that midfield. They haven't improved their forward line much, except for the number one draft pick or their back line. They have, to, they have to be ready to go and climb the ladder. If they don't, there's, it's got to be time to have a look at him and he's got to be under pressure. There's got to be that microscope on it. So, beverage. Next one, Melbourne. Simon Goodwin. Been there since 2016. Has he though? Has he been doing the job? He hasn't been doing anything. I can't work out who's coaching Melbourne. What year was it they, they made the prelim? Lost by 10 goals. Three years ago. 2018? Three years ago, 2018. No good. That's when West Coast won the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Too soon for Adam Simpson. Not too soon for Simon Goodwin because he not, lost by not, ten goals. Not, not too soon in a prelim. And what did he do the year after? Didn't make the finals. Mm-hmm. They bottomed out. They bottomed four. And what did they do last, last year? year? Finished tenth. Yeah, not good enough. Not good enough at all. Uh, since Paul Ruse, Paul Ruse went their in list, there. Their list isn't good enough though. Paul Ruse went in there for two years, ruined his coaching record, and went. You know what? Someone else can have this because they're not going anywhere. The list is no good. Gave it to Simon Goodwin as a as a protege. He's done nothing for four years of footy, four seasons of footy, absolutely nothing. Now they've got uh, the Coleman medalist Ben Brown to come in. They have got Magic Door training, so you might as well merge with North and and go and lose yeah, twenty be, games. They can actually be called North Melbourne. That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. There you go. And uh, Noble can take over that. Goodwin can go. They'll probably still finish bottom four and. See you later. Yeah, I mean, there's one bloke that we didn't talk about further, All-Australian. Like, the only player that they've got that's potential is Petrarca. Yeah, other, no, other, that is true. Other than that, their list is not that good. We're still, you know, hanging on those coattails of three years ago when they had a dream fixture and they, they snuck a couple of games that they won and they read, you know, they rode on a high of a good month of football leading into finals. They flogged along and they went over to Perth and they uh, they haven't recovered from that. Three years later, they're still uh-huh. recovering. You know what the worst thing about Petrarca is? So him and I had our ACL surgery on the same day to, to repair an ACL. So when he had it, I still get messages from my mates when he's playing footy out there. What are you doing with yourself? <laughs> I go for a walk, 100 metres, I pull my hamstring. I was walking with you in the kitchen before you fell over. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens to me. And he was playing footy. And you know where I was? Mm-hmm. 
I was still on a bed with bloody bandages. It's, it's the worst thing. I remember when I had my ankle reconstruction, the same time as Buddy Franklin, and I was 18 months away from playing sport, and I think he was up that same, you know, six weeks later. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't six weeks, but it, it was, was like... He was running He was running after months. six weeks, and yeah. the, the same surgeon did my surgery as him, and he was telling me about how much, you know, all the progress he's doing, and I was, like, getting down, and he's like, well, that's his job. His job is to play football. He said, he's like, you have to work, you have to do this, you have to do that, and your rehab. He's doing that non-stop, so... Yeah. It's amazing how quick these uh, AFL players get back. Yes, they get some, get some good things. All right, right, I've got one more. Last one. It's my man, isn't it? Come on, not your man. Oh. It's Clarko, four-time premiership coach. Been there since two thousand and four. It's, it's time. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> too, too soon from a, a triple premiership. <laughs> too soon from a triple premiership. Six, uh, Sixteen years look, he's been there. Rebuild. I'm actually surprised he didn't step down at the end of last. I time. thought he was going to. Yeah. Rebuild's not working out for career longevity for him. I think. He has to step down after this season. Has Hawthorne got the stones to pull that pin, though? I don't think they can. I don't think they after can what either. he's done for the club, I don't think and they that's can. That's why I thought he would have got the friendly tap. Do you reckon if he got the friendly tap, he would have taken away himself? I, I think he should for his to go in his career because if he has one, two, three more seasons of Hawthorne finishing bottom six, they have to do it eventually. He can't just keep doing that without improvement. They they tried to rebuild. They tried not rebuild. They tried to top up. Yeah. With different players. And they made John they made, Patton, yeah, Tom they, Scully. They made the wrong calls there. And they got they got the wrong players there. They got Jaeger Amira, good pickup, good player, but it, it just didn't gel. It hasn't worked. And I mean, I suppose it did work for it did work in the short term because that was that year, three years ago, they top finished four. top four. And that's when everyone that, 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 that was fixture. But you had to you had to in terms of Hawthorne and then just the winning culture, you had to reload that way. Not like North did five years ago. You had to do it, but yeah, they finished top four. They went out in straight sets, and then they've been going down ever since. And I, I don't think he's the man for the rebuild. Um, you don't want to doubt the man because he's an absolutely stellar modern day coach. But I just think that he could have another role somewhere mm-hmm. and extend his career past the next. Three Not years. only that, he's sitting top twenty in win percentage across his sixteen year career at sixty one percent. He loses ninety percent of these games. He's going to fall drastically down that list. If he was to stay, and he away, won't get another coaching job after this. You know, you know what they did with um, Fremantle. How Ross Lyon went from St Kilda, who were in the finals, mm-hmm. and he went over to Fremantle, mm-hmm. just a winning type thing, and wanted to continue winning. We knew St Kilda was going down. Where could have Clarko gone last year? That would have made sense. West Coast. Uh, do you know? Do you know where he should have gone? Geelong. No, GWS. Him in GWS's list would have been perfect. Would have been perfect two seasons ago. I would imagine yeah, that. Yeah, two seasons ago, instill that winning culture. You, I always remember that game that Hawthorne beat GWS up there when it was snowing. Yeah, in in that Canberra. is that is and that is one of the problems with GWS is they just don't have that winning culture. As Clarko at quarter time, in that just game, takes his shirt with off, the shorts and the, <laughs> take, the running the around in the pregame, takes his shirt off, gets the, gets the rig out. But that's what GWS need is to build not only a winning culture, but. The players, I feel like, don't play for each other at GWS. Hawthorne, they always say the family club. It's not because of the, the members. It's what they do on the field and what they do for each other in there. That unsociable football, that family-orientated, everyone in for it, everyone eats at the at the table. doesn't matter who gets the possessions. I, I like that pickup. I think GWS would have been a perfect fit for him. Yeah, and it might, it's too late for them now. Round five. <laughs> but he's not going to be able to turn that list around now. They lost Jeremy Cameron. Uh, they've lost yeah, too much. It, it's too late. It's then. too late now. But that would have been even still though, with the amount of talent they got on that list, that'd probably be the the well, there's another uh, destination. See, I don't I don't think Geelong. I don't think. It, I'm just trying to think of teams at the top where where he could go. Um, you got like obviously like, Richmond aren't going to. No, but they're not. The, you've got to look at the coach as well. So Chris Scott. Chris Scott was one that doggies could have been. I don't think the doggies list is ready. Saints, your man. <laughs> we've already we already got the rat. Well, I got a question for you. So, if Brisbane don't win a final again this year, <sighs> third year at their window, he would be perfect for that list. If Brisbane don't win a final, I don't think they'd sack and Fagan anytime soon. It's too well, soon. Well, Port Adelaide. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't won a premiership. Yeah. Um, Ken Hinckley's actually put his foot in it in the preseason, I yeah, saw, he because has, he yeah. said, you know what? We're, we're ready to go for a premiership. Yep. They don't yep. finish top four. Don't finish top four. They have to finish you top two. You have to two. go. Top two. You, you have to, if you don't make the grand final. They, f- they finished first last year. Look, if you don't make a prelim, he, he's, out, he's out the door. 
So it's Clark going to Port Adelaide. I wouldn't wouldn't see it happening. I don't think it would. But well, if, it, if he wants to continue his coaching career, he's, he's got to do something. So they're, they're, they're the teams. GWS, Geelong if they lose, I guess. Brisbane if they lose, I guess. Doggies, I don't think the list is good enough. West Saints Coast. West Coast. Right there it is. West Coast. West Coast. West Coast, he'd be good on West Coast. That list is pretty established. That's the one. But, yeah. you know, they, they're getting pretty... <laughs> <laughs> They're getting pretty old at the moment. Uh, so like Josh Kennedy from that Christian he'd, 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 he'd be able to get him two years, two more years up the top, and then move on to by then North Melbourne should be ready and he'll no, jump into that. Just go to Fremantle. Yeah, Fremantle will be ready by then. And then after Fremantle, just come back to go Coast. to Tasmania that he loves from Hawthorne. No, because that's, the, that's North, North Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. But they're never, never, never going to be ready, that club. <laughs> All right, so. Ten oh three was the second dig, so seventeen minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> We've been having digs about them. Uh, no, we have no. digs on them all the time, but uh, that's our show for tonight, Sauce. And uh, great, great discussions. I love those questions from the fans that that get us up and about and get us fired up, disagreeing with each other. We'd love to hear the input from the fans. Twitter at Behind the Bound, Instagram at Behind the Bound, and Behind the Boundary podcast on Facebook. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the Adelaide Crows. I don't want to talk about them or anything, but they're the only team that we didn't actually mention throughout this whole show. So. Adelaide Crows. Thanks, Adelaide. Good luck. <laughs> the only team we didn't mention. I've just looked through that whole thing. It's like, yeah, we mentioned them, mentioned them, mentioned them. Um, they got a bit of a good clip in the preview on Amazon where Rory Sloan breaks his thumb and he goes under the knife. Oh, and yeah. The, the coach is walking with him. So, yeah, well you done, Adelaide. conversation there. It's just we, like, oh, mate, it was me. It's just a thumb. I would have chopped it off. Yeah. <laughs> good, good bloke. Great bloke. <laughs> good bloke. Ready to go. So... There you go, Adelaide fans. We did. We were able to fit you yeah, in. Which well is done good. to you, Pez. We talked about every club this podcast in uh, fifty minutes. Every club. <laughs> it's only been fifty minutes, has it? Oh, it feels like longer. It's oh, been we, too long, Pez. We we can keep going, but oh, uh, you're still going through the rest of your. your I've got more coaches. Australian. I've got more coaches. <laughs> I, I was only going to have five. I, yeah, I've got the other more. twenty-one players from St Kilda, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, love love talking about the footy source. Back with you. Uh, Make sure you take all our, our, our equipment in case we go to lockdown again oh, Jesus, and uh, yeah. we have to do it remotely. Uh, we'll do a podcast, not promising anything, but this is, what, 27 days before the footy? We'll do do one before then. Yeah, 27 days, mate. 27 should, days. Should do a couple, Sauce. Come on. Well, we need the to The fans want it. Well, the, well, the shows that we, we uh, I'm going to guarantee you, that because we, we always need to do them, is our, our ladder preview, our, our award preview. Pre-season prediction. And the, and the pre-season prediction. So there, there's at least two and a half shows. Yeah, <laughs> ready to go. That preseason prediction show is really good because I love looking back at the end of the year where I'm pretty on on spot. On, I'm very right, and uh, Source, you you're struggling a lot. I love that. Ah, this is my year, mate. This is my year, 2021. And before Source, before I sign off, we are watching the tennis. The tennis is over. Djokovic won, and they're just showing a replay because there's not many matches going on. And uh, it's daylight and sunny, and it's what 10, 10 p.m. at night. And they've got in the top corner earlier today, just in case you didn't know it was. Uh, oh, I in thought the, the lighting was just really good. The lighting looked like sun. <laughs> it's great lighting. Um, well, that's good lighting. If you want good lights, uh, ask, ask right, Rod Laver well, We should have ended the show four minutes ago before we mentioned Adelaide and the lighting. The we, we just wanted to keep going. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.